Welcome to this episode of AU Manufacturing Conversations with Brent Bolinski, featuring one of the companies we're putting forward as part of our quest to identify Australia's 50 most innovative manufacturers. This is the first time we've ever run this campaign, and we absolutely, positively couldn't have gone ahead without the generous help of Bosch Australia Manufacturing Solutions, SMC Corporation Australia, and lead sponsor MYOB. MYOB is a business management platform that brings together key workflows to fit business needs. MYOB has been part of the fabric of doing business in Australia and New Zealand for more than 30 years and integrates manufacturing, inventory management and accounting to help businesses streamline business processes. Thank you very much for joining us here on AU Manufacturing Conversations. Good to meet you and good to have you on the program. Thank you, Brent. It's lovely to be here. The first question I'd like to ask you is the first question we like to ask all our guests. And that question is, how did you get here and what do you make? Well, I'm not sure if we have that much time to tell you my whole life story, but from a professional perspective, I have a background in the energy sector, the aviation, aerospace sector consultancy and medical technology or medtech sector. And with that experience, I developed a pretty large network and a method of connecting people. And about half a year ago, I was approached by PPK Group. PPK Group of companies is basically the investor in white graphene, among other. They also have invested in boron nitride nanotubes technology limited and lithium sulfur energy to other companies that PPK has invested in. And they approached me to help them out. They're a commercial director of the group, specifically focusing on white graphene and boron nitride nanotubes. But today we'll be focusing on white graphene in particular. So that's how I got here. And over the past eight weeks, I've been hitting the ground running, getting up to speed with the innovative technology and the innovative materials, the boron nitride nanomaterials, because white graphene in essence, Brent, is boron nitride nanosheets. I was going to ask, you're from a company called White Graphene. The obvious question to ask early on in the piece would be, what is White Graphene? Maybe to be a little bit more specific. So White Graphene is the 2D polymorph of boron nitride. So there's also a 3D version of it. That's the nanotubes, obviously. But there's a couple of other atomic structures that I won't go into too deep today, but we're developing those as well. When you look at boron nitride nanosheets, it's a novel material that is either white or transparent. It depends on the concentration that you use. And it drastically improves the mechanical properties of the applications it is added to. So it's an additive. Among other things, it's an excellent thermal conductor. It's an excellent electrical insulator. It is close to 140 times stronger than steel. It has a wide band gap and it shields against radiation. And last but not least, It is impermeable to moisture and to gas, and in particular, hydrogen gas. That kind of sums it up nicely, I think. Might have forgotten some bits and bobs. That answers some questions. The next sort of entry-level question might be, how is it made and what sort of quantities? Yeah. Well, how it's made, it's, it's a proprietary process. So I can't say too much about it besides the fact that you know, you mix boron with nitride and then miraculously you get the nanosheets. So... How much do we make? To make this product, a little bit of history is is maybe relevant here. So the holy grail for the past 30, 40 years has been how do you scale up the manufacturing of boron nitride nanomaterials? Because when I look at our competitors, they're only capable of manufacturing grams, grams per month. So the yield is not very high and therefore 
the price is extremely high and the markets are very limited because of the limited production capacity. Now, white graphene, with the help, obviously, of PPK Group, the investment of the shareholders of PPK Group, but also shareholders in white graphene because the company was founded in 2020. We recently had another investment round, and that basically allowed us to solve the mystery around mass production of high-purity, low-variability white graphene or boron nitride nanosheets. So how much do we make now? We comfortably make five kilograms a week. We can easily scale up to 20 kilograms a week. And because it's a modular approach, well, the more modules, the more production lines you put in there, the sky's the limit. So you tell us how much you need and we can make it. That tells me about what it is, the volumes you're making it in, and some of the wonderful properties you mentioned earlier. Let's look at some of the uses you can put those properties towards. You've published some results that are out there in public around anti-fouling, antibacterial and anti-friction properties. I'm sure there are others as well. What are you focusing on now application-wise? That's a good question, Brent. We're focusing on all of those, but we're also focusing, for instance, on uh, hydrogen impermeability. As I mentioned, white graphene is an additive. You can add it to polymers, you can add it to raisins, fibers, metals, lubricants, and glass, and maybe maybe other materials as well. But those ones, we're pretty confident that when we add the white graphene, the mechanical properties of these materials will increase drastically. So you talk about efficiency overall, and efficiency is expressed in strength, in anti-fouling, in less wear and tear, scratch resistance, impermeability to gas, and of specific interest, of course, hydrogen. Tensile strengths, there's a truckload of characteristics that basically will improve when you add this to these particular materials. So that's some of what it can do. Let's get to a more general subject. And we're, of course, talking because you guys are a part of our Australia's 50 most innovative manufacturers campaign. And thanks for taking the time to enter. Let's talk about innovation. Do you have a personal or a company-wide definition? My personal one is the one for the company as well, because we had never taken the time to formulate what we understand by innovation. So by nominating for Australia's 50 most innovative manufacturers, it forced us to formulate that. And to us, innovation means developing unique products that have a meaningful impact on the products and services of our customers and thus contribute to a better tomorrow. That's not a bad one. I almost feel like congratulating ourselves for prompting you to come up with a wording like that. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you for prompting us. <laughs> Pleasure all mine. You mentioned solving customers' problems and you're sort of a business-to-business company. Are there certain challenges that come along with that, with innovating within that sort of paradigm of solving a problem that solves a problem? Our customers are continuously, well, the ones that we want to work with are innovators themselves. So they're continuously looking to improve their products. And in doing so, they're looking for new ways of doing things or new materials they can use to improve their products. And I think white graphene, and if if you look at white graphene and compare it, for instance, to graphene, you can see that we are scaling up with control of the product, quality being a cornerstone. And When you look at graphene, graphene has suffered from a wide range of different sheet sizes and thicknesses, and we are basically seeking to avoid that. So to put that in different words, with graphene, you might have the desire to enhance three characteristics, as an example, 
but you can only enhance two out of three, and the third one will actually work against the first two. So we don't have that problem with white graphene. The characteristics that you're enhancing are complementary, so you can do them all at the same time. So in a way, and I don't want to come across as cocky, but graphene 15 years ago, 15, 20 years ago, promised us a lot of things, and some of those have definitely materialized. And don't get me wrong, graphene is a fantastic material, but there are definitely some shortcomings. And my belief, my feeling is that white graphene will actually deliver on the promises that graphene did not deliver on. That's interesting to hear. I thought about graphene when I thought about white graphene and the fact that everyone got very excited about 10 years ago and still in my limited understanding is yet to find a really sweet spot application where it changes the world. And I guess some people are disappointed. I know a guy who invested a little bit in a graphene company that went under and didn't do much and he's disappointed. Basically, it didn't change the world as some people expected. An interesting example, maybe Brent, is in the electronics segment. So in electronics, you want to have high thermal conductivity and you want to have high electrical insulation. Graphene cannot do both. White graphene or boron nitride nanosheets can. Okay. I think it's a very valid uh, example. To change gears a little, I'd like to know about Deakin's role in your innovation. Sure. White graphene is actually a joint venture between Deakin University, uh, in particular the Institute of Frontier Materials, and PPK Group Limited. And the joint venture was set up to commercialize novel research into the manufacture of boron nitride nanosheets in particular, or white graphene. Interestingly enough, we work very closely together with the team at Deakin, so the scientists at Deakin University. And because we're working with them, we also have access to all the facilities, whether that's testing facilities, whether it's manufacturing, whether it's you know just sheer space. So I think it's one of these wonderful examples where you see academia work with the private sector, and it, it actually works. I see plenty of those examples and not an expert on the subject, but it seems like Deakin generally has a pretty good approach to applied research. Absolutely. Like if I look at the research team led by Associate Professor Lu Hao Li, this team has been instrumental in working in partnership with our own engineers to scale up the manufacturing and to develop our innovative applications. We'd like to take another moment now to acknowledge our sponsors, MYOB, as well as Bosch Australian Manufacturing Solutions and SMC Corporation Australia. There would be no Australia's 50 Most Innovative Manufacturers campaign without them. Be sure to check them each out via the links in the show notes and give them a follow on LinkedIn. I'd like to know if you could share an example of a, a customer-driven problem you guys are addressing. It's very interesting in the context of innovation, and obviously you've got to work with a customer, whatever you're doing, if you want to do your job in a meaningful way as a manufacturer. How is this guided innovation? Because it's an innovative material and it's now available in high volume, we work closely together with every potential customer that we meet and you do that together because they might want to enhance certain characteristics of the product that they're working with, whether that's a coating or whether that's like a raisin or, you know, it could, it could be a lot of things. And enhancing those specific characteristics, we call that functionalization, which in essence is we kind of do a post-manufacturing process where we kind of program the material so that the specific characteristics that you want enhanced come out even better. So it all starts with pristine white graphene, basically like high-grade pristine white graphene, that's what we call it. That already 
enhances the characteristics of the application. But then thereafter, we're also capable of programming it, so functionalizing it. And that process is a is a process that you do together with your customers. You're exploring and innovating together, basically. Everybody is learning. And along the way, you learn that for specific polymers, for instance, you can do things even better. But you have to talk to your customer. You have to understand what their needs are, and you need to share expertise because they have a lot of knowledge about their applications and their materials that they're used to use. And we are experts in boron nitride nano sheets. So it all comes together. That's how the innovation actually comes off the ground when you are working with a customer. Thanks for the explanation. I didn't imagine you were cranking on a bag of the stuff and chucking it to the customer and accepting a wad of money and that's that because things no. don't work that way with new materials. It doesn't because, again, it's such an innovative material. We're still finding new things, I would say, on a daily basis, but that would be exaggerating things, but we're still learning. And we've done a number of validations to which you just referred, which we, we've announced those in the market, but that's just scratching the surface. There's so much more to be done. So what we see with potential customers is that they want to try for one particular application. But then when you look at the whole company, there is like so much more that you can do. It could be, for instance, a company that's uh, focusing on coatings, but they also work with raisins and they work with uh, carbon fiber solutions. But they want to start with one thing. And then if that works well, you get the credibility and the brownie points if you want. And then hopefully we'll be able to move to the next one. Would you like to say anything more about upcoming innovations? You've talked quite a bit about working with customers, and obviously that's one important part of the innovation discussion. Is there anything else, for example, about upping the yield or in educating the market, any of those other things that you might consider innovation, but which we haven't discussed so far? There are a number of validations that we're doing ourselves to show to the market that it actually works so that you can approach a new set of potential customers. One of them in particular, and I've touched upon it already, is hydrogen. The potential for hydrogen is massive, especially because it's a pressing issue. It's part of the energy transition. And if we can help with accelerating that process and making it safe and economically viable, and maybe that deserves a little bit of explanation, hydrogen, obviously, if it's mixed with a certain percentage of air, oxygen in particular, it becomes highly explosive. And the problem is always also a solution. But the problem in this particular case is hydrogen is the lightest gas that we know. And therefore, it is able to permeate through basically everything. So if you want to transport hydrogen, you would do that either in cylinders made with a carbon fiber jacket, or you would use pipelines. If you transport it through pipelines, for instance, the current gas pipeline infrastructure, the problem is that it permeates through the pipeline, through the steel, and even worse, you get steel embrittlement. Now, if you mix the white graphene with certain coatings, we can actually make those pipelines, those steel pipelines, impermeable to the hydrogen gas. And that basically means that potentially you could use the existing infrastructure in a hybrid way. So you could either transport gas or you could transport hydrogen gas. So from that perspective, it's important that we understand if we can truly innovate in that particular area. The preliminary results look very promising. But then, of course, the next challenge is how do you get exposure to the whole value chain in hydrogen? So the manufacturers that need to store it locally and need to be able to transport it via road, rail and boat and potentially via the pipeline infrastructure. How do you get through to those? How do you validate it with them? Because 
One of the challenges there is that there are no standards, no existing standards, and that complicates things. With hydrogen as you know, not a new material or anything, but something that's being used in more and more places, you want to be sure it's safe. And with a new material like white graphene, you want to make sure it's safe. And there's a lot of a lot of work to be done to ensure that everything's going to go as planned. And there are a lot of standards to be developed. Absolutely. We're very nearly at the end of this interview. A last question I would like to ask you is, what's an issue within manufacturing that's not currently getting the attention it deserves? It's, it's a tough one. I guess what we need is long-term certainty on the cost to manufacture. And certain things we have under control or are under our control, but others are. And one of them is the volatility in the price of some of our inputs, in particular power. That's a big challenge. So what you're doing at White Graphene is very energy intensive? Yes, it is. It's less energy intensive than our competitors who use, for instance, plasma techniques. But still, it still requires power and power is highly volatile. The price of power has gone up. And, you know, the way things look right now, it, it will continue to go up for some while. Indeed. Okay, Luke, well, that's about everything we wanted to ask you. So thank you very much for taking the time to speak to us on AU Manufacturing Conversations. It was great to meet you and best of luck with your application in our campaign. Hopefully we speak again soon. Well, Brent, thank you very much for the opportunity. It was a pleasure. I thought it was a lot of fun. And I hope that listeners have a better understanding now of white graphene or boronitride nanosheets. Yeah, me too, and I'm sure they do. Thanks again, Luke. Take it easy. Great. Thank Thank you, Brent. Have a great day. I will.